0: My podcast is brought to you by Pillow Windows and the Doors. You know the cold winter months are here, and this is where your windows need to be on their game. And this is where energy efficiency is really important. Keeping your home energy efficient keeps you and your family cozy while saving on energy bills, which is huge during the winter months, and your windows are vital in this fight. Pella uses low-E glass to reflect heat back in your home and to prevent conduction, which is the warm air in your house flowing outside. Pella Windows uses double-pane glass with insulating gas like argon in between the panes to keep the warm inside and the cold outside. Find out more by contacting your Local Pella Omaha and Lincoln expert today. Or go online to PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. If you want a great gift idea for the holidays, how about the gift of Runza? Go to RunzaShop.com. It is your home for all the best Runza shirts, socks, hats, stickers, koozies, baby gear, and more. You can even buy Runza sandwiches and have them shipped Anywhere in the U.S., talk about a happy holidays, Runza shipped to your door. Oh, boy, it's an incredible gift. So give the gift of Runza this holiday season. Go to RunzaShop.com. That's RunzaShop.com. Runza makes it all better, especially the holidays. All right, welcome back into the Nick Ba podcast. And on tap for today's podcast, we are talking hoops. We're talking Creighton hoops. Professor Baugh here at your service, giving you a mid-season progress report for the Creighton Blue Jays because it certainly has been an interesting, exciting, entertaining season for Creighton so far. They're 12 games in, they're 9-3 and three on the season, uh, and they're about to turn their full attention to, to Big East play. Which, you know, you could make a case that the Big East is the best conference in the country with how their non-conference has played out. I mean, you look at, at the league right now. I mean, Nova is Nova. I'm not. Everybody's like, is Nova good? Yeah, they're good. Everybody calm down with that. Okay. Uh, Xavier's for real. Providence is off to an awesome start. I like that team. UConn is some grown-ass men. They're fantastic. Marquette's way better than I thought they'd be. St. John's with Champagny and Posh. Alexander's going to be a, a, a nightmare to handle. Seton Hall's the real deal. I mean, this league is legit. So Creighton's going to have their, their work cut out for him in a major, major way. Now, the interesting thing before we get into the uh, – into What I've seen from Creighton is kind of what's going to end up happening with all all of a sudden, you know, COVID has really ramped back up and it's really hitting the Big East especially hard. You know, Creighton's had a game canceled. The Big East has had a bunch of games canceled. uh, And and at least the initial rules was there was going to be a forfeit, whichever team couldn't play forfeit, and they were awarded a loss and the team they were playing was awarded a win, awarded a win, and they were not going to reschedule the games. But I'm taping this on December 23rd. As it was announced today, the Big East Conference is revamping those rules. It's no longer a forfeit. Uh, it's just declared a no contest, and they're going to work to try to reschedule some of these games. I think they're trying to change a little bit of their COVID policies to if you have seven available players and one available coach, you can play. Uh, and so we'll see what ends up happening. It's just it's it's amazing how you know it feels like in some ways college basketball and the big East is in this, in the middle of it is kind of right back to where they were a year ago with things. So I don't know. I mean, you see, and and listen, it's not just college basketball. that's getting hit with this. The NFL is getting hit hard with this college basketball is getting hit or the NBA is getting hit hard with this. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening. I like that people are willing to be, I mean, sometimes in the, in a pandemic, write right. Things in pencil, not pen. You got to be willing to adjust these things and, and move on the fly as the situation changes, you can arrive at a different set of thoughts. So I like that it was the right thing to do to adjust your, your, your handling and guidelines of how you were handling these COVID pauses. And so we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, talking about creighton here if you if i think it's important to sometimes i, I want to reset reset where everything was at heading into the year like creighton was coming off its best two-year stretch in program history Big East champs in 2020 then last year they get the first ever trip to the sweet 16 big time two-year run But this was a full-fledged rebuild in terms of a roster, completely rebuilding it. You lose your entire starting five. Creighton only had 18% of its minutes returning, which was the third fewest in the country. So there were a lot of unknowns heading into this season. So it's been interesting each game to kind of watch this team learn and grow and have ups and certainly have downs as well. For me, I would say overall this team is – Probably exceeded my expectations and are further along than where I thought they would be at this point. But am I re- with all that said? Am I ready to sit there and say that this team is poised to you know for a top four, or top five finish in the Big East, and you know they're without question an NCAA tournament team? I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm not ready to say that because on a on a uh, oversimplified, super broad way of kind of framing it, this Creighton team could easily have losses to SIU Edwardsville, Southern Illinois, Kennesaw State, and hell, maybe even Arkansas Pine Bluff. They could, e- they could have easily lost three or four of those games. Easily. So clearly they have shortcomings prominent prominent enough for that to be the case. But at the same time, This is the same team that blasted BYU on a neutral floor in in South Dakota. BYU's NCAA tournament team, they're good. And most impressively, this is the same team that absolutely dominated Villanova at home and beat Jay Wright's team by 20. Maybe Villanova by 20. So I think that, like, that pretty much sums it up in some ways. This team, when they are good and clicking, they are good enough to hang with and compete with darn near anyone in the country. But man, when this team is struggling, they can lose to just about anyone in the country. So I think I think it's good to start there. To kind of frame where things were at coming in and then where things are right now from a big, broad sense good enough to kick Nova's ass by 20, kick BYU's ass on a neutral floor. They're also shaky enough at times where they could have lost to some, you know, Kennesaw State, Pine Bluff, SIU Edwardsville. Ugh. Trust me, they had to grind to beat those teams. Grind. Had to hit a shot at the buzzer to beat Southern Illinois. So when you think about... When you think about the three losses for Creighton, so that one of their losses, again, they're 9-3 on the season, neutral floor to a Colorado State team who's picked to win the Mountain West. That's not an awful loss. They're a pretty good team. And in that game, Creighton's defensive strategy was kind of to dare the Colorado State bigs to make some threes, and they did. And then the rest of the team got hot. In fact, Colorado State made 20 threes that game. 20. So that's one of their losses. The other loss, Creighton lost... They lost to arguably the biggest surprise team in all of college basketball in Iowa State. It was a game where Creighton had 15 first-half turnovers and just had a really, 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 really hard time handling the ball the whole game. They they were disjointed and sped up and out of sorts all game. But despite of an atrocious night of ball handling, they still had a chance to win the game late. And again, Iowa State's pretty good. The Cyclones, as I'm recording this right now, they're 12-0. and 0, And they're kicking team's ass right now. Like, it's a real team. T.J. Altsburgh has done a, a really good job with that group. So it's not necessarily an awful loss. And then the other loss was in similar fashion to the Iowa State game, but to just not near as good of a team, talking about Arizona State. Arizona State isn't a, an, a, isn't a very good team. They've had an average year. They have a lot of new... Uh, pieces they're trying to break in but they came into Omaha and pressured and disjointed Creighton into a bunch of turnovers and ball handling issues again and they won the game but just like that Iowa State game Creighton had a chance to to win the game late they had a shot late that if I'm not mistaken would have won the game it either would have went to overtime or would have won the game I think it would have won the game but couldn't get it done so when you take all that in There are a couple things that have stood out to me so far as I've observed and watched Creighton. Let's start with the good. Creighton, despite being young and inexperienced, have found ways to win a lot of games. That's a very positive thing and a good attribute to a, to acquire for a group. We talked about that SU Edwards with the game, Pine Bluff, Kennesaw State, Southern Illinois. Like The bottom line is, yeah, they could have lost all those games, but they didn't. They found a way to win. That's good. That's good. Some more good things. The three Ryans. Ryan Nemhard, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Ryan Hawkins. Those three guys are their three best players and have been out-freaking-standing. Truly outstanding. I'll get more in-depth into those three guys in a minute, but the three Ryans, awesome. Defensively, they've been pretty consistent. I think a lot of that is due to Ryan Kalkbrenner and his rim protection, he he's been big time in the paint, making things hard for people. A lot of a lot of, of their defense is kind of built around that. But this 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 group has been better than I thought they would be defensively. They defended they defended Villanova as good as any Creighton teams ever defended Villanova. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. You know, life is about great combinations: Jay Z and Beyonce, me and Dana Altman, Dre and Snoop, Adrian Martinez and Austin Allen. Great combinations make life better and the legendary combination of chili and cinnamon rolls is back at Runza. Runza's homemade chili with real ingredients combined with the sweet deliciousness of cinnamon rolls. It just doesn't get any better than that combination right there. As a lifelong Nebraskan, I've grown up having chili and cinnamon rolls, so it's its a way of life for me, man. And Runza's chili and cinnamon rolls Really symbolize the fall football season. And as that weather starts to get a little chilly, you know it's time to go get some chili and cinnamon rolls from Runza. Nothing better than on a cool fall day having a nice warm cup of chili from Runza. Mm, mm, mm. This legendary combination is only available for a limited time, so you know what you need to do. You need to get out to Runza today and get your homemade chili and cinnamon rolls game right. Runza makes it all better. The other thing they've been good with, scoring in the paint. This is kind of a different Creighton team, and I'll have some numbers on that in a second. But you could argue that their strength lies in the front line, not on their guards. They've been guard-heavy for years. But oftentimes, their best offense is playing through the post. And Creighton, as I'm taping this, ranks sixth nationally in two-point field goal percentage at 58.6%. It's pretty efficient. Other thing that's been good is, hey, man, I think the coach has been pretty good. I got to tip my cap and salute Greg McDermott, the fact that he's done a great job so far with this team. Each night, it's kind of been a riddle to figure out the best lineup and who's kind of got it going and who doesn't and what, what lineup works and what doesn't. That's not easy to do. Ideally as a coach you go into every game and say, when it's crunch time, these are my 5. No doubt about it. Well, you never know. One day it's this group, one day it's that group, some day it's it's this guy some games it's that guy. That's not easy. I think I think this team seems to be really bought in at this point. Like nobody's got bad body language, nobody seems to be pouty or fighting their role or fighting coaching. I think that's all good. And I think this Coaching staff has done a good job in getting the team to play to a standard. And that's the mark of a good coach and a, and, a, and a good program where the names and the faces can change, but the standard and style doesn't. That's hard to do with so many new players. So I think the coaching staff's done a pretty good job with that. The concerns that I've seen so far. The first one is three-point shooting. As I'm taping this, Creighton currently ranks 261st nationally in three-point percentage. They've been typically a top 40, top 50, top 20, three-point percentage team over the years. They're 261st nationally in three-point percentage. And they're 292nd nationally in percentage of points from the three-point line. So where you're, where you're getting your points, free throws, twos, or threes, they're 292nd nationally in percentage of points from the three-point line. Let me, so let me contrast that for you. So again, Keep these two, thing, two numbers in, in your head. 261st nationally in three-point percentage, 292nd nationally in percentage of points from the three-point line. Last year, Creighton was 62nd nationally in three-point percentage, and 37% of their points came from the three-point line. Two years ago, the team that won the, the, the Big East title, they were 6th nationally in three-point percentage and they were 30th nationally in percentage of points from the three-point line three years ago they're 29th nationally in three-point percentage and 16th nationally in percentage of points from the three-point line I know I just threw a lot at you but really let those numbers sink in all you need to know is it's been a dramatic drop off in three-point percentage and percentage of points coming from the three. They're not shooting it well or making as many threes as they have been. This team isn't near as good or reliant on the three as as years past. The three ball is still a big part of this offense and a big part of the program. Those numbers need to get better. Who knows if if they will? I don't know. That was... Oddly enough, I, I told you guys in my, if you go back and check the tape in my preview podcast for the for the season, I said, oddly enough, I'm kind of concerned with how good a shooting team this is. And I know that's kind of weird to say because that's kind of the the identity of this program. When you think of Creighton, you think of three-point shooting. This team's not quite built like the teams in the past. They don't have Balak. They don't have Raggy. They don't have Doug. They don't have Zegarowski. They don't have Tyson Alexander. It's not built like that. It's kind of a different team. Now, they're not a. I mean, Creighton's capable of making threes and they can be streaky, but this isn't the usual elite level, let it fly Blue Jays we've seen from the three point line. Kind of a concern. Another concern has been ball handling. I mean, you can kind of chalk up two of their losses to they just couldn't handle the ball Arizona State and Iowa State. This team's been turnover prone. They've had a hard time handling the ball cleanly. They're ranked 253rd nationally in turnover percentage. In all their losses, turnovers have bit the Jays. In particular, two of them. This team isn't blessed with a bunch of great ball handlers outside of Ryan Nemhard and Hawk, Ryan Hawkins can handle the ball because he's kind of just older and smart and strong and get, doesn't get in bad situations. Uh, you know, but ball handling and turnovers are a concern. They they really need a secondary ball handler, another guy that can enter offense and handle the ball and create. And if you kind of look at in particular college basketball. Nowadays, a lot of teams play multiple point guards. You think about Gonzaga, you know, Ayayi, Nemhard, Suggs last year. You think about uh, Baylor with all their different ball handling guys, you know, it, it, Mitchell and, and Flagler and those guys. Like, they, they had so many different guys that could basically play the point guard spot. And Creighton's been the same way. Like, when you put Marcus Zagorowski and Tyson Alexander on the floor at the same time, it's two dudes that can basically run the point. Even last year, you could throw Sharif Mitchell in there with Zagorowski. got multiple ball-handling guys. Right now, Creighton really only has one dude that's kind of a pure playmaking, ball-handling-centric guy, which leads me to a name I just mentioned. Another concern is Sharif Mitchell's health. Th- this is where Sharif Mitchell's health and injury and absence has impacted, I think, some of the turnovers and all this stuff. Like, he could be that secondary ball handler, but he's got that l- lingering groin issue. Sharif Mitchell's been in and out of the lineup. He's only played six games this season. And let's be honest, he didn't look great in those six games because he wasn't 100% healthy. He hasn't played in Creighton's last three games. Now, I will say in the last game against Villanova, Roddy Andronikashvili filled in nicely, but I just, he's, he's not quite as good at, you know, playmaking as Sharif Mitchell is. But they need they need Sharif Mitchell's ball handling and he's the best on ball defender on the team. So they need that as well. So Sharif Mitchell's health is a concern. Then one of the last concerns for me is. You know, when Creighton gets in the half court in big spots against good teams. It can be hard to be totally reliant on the post and the post up. It can be tough to get it into Colk Brenner and get it into Hawkins in big spots. It's, it's just easier late in games when you just get the ball to a guard. It's easier to get the ball to a guard. It's easier to, to get the ball to Zegarowski. He brings it up than it is to throw the ball into somebody. Ideally, you want a creator with the rock who can shoot, they can get the rim, they can make a play for someone else. Damian Jefferson, Marcus Zegarowski, Tyson Alexander, Marcus Foster, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Creighton right now doesn't really have that Alex O'Connell's more of a you know off a ball movement kind of creator Kaluma's just a little turnover prone right now and he's you know not as good of a decision maker Trey Alexander just isn't quite there uh Nemhard is he's getting there but he's still you know he's more of just like a, a playmaking point guard in the flow of your offense I'm what I worry about, maybe I'm not doing a good job explaining this. What I worry about is when you get into the heart of Big East play, and Creighton got to play in the half court because that's how a lot of these games become. They become fist fights when they get in the in the half court. Post ups get more challenging. They just do. Can they find a guy they can they can go to to go create on the wing? Just go make a play. There you go. Huge question in my opinion. And huge concern that's kind of how i'm uh seeing creighton right now in terms of the good and in terms of the bad or concerns not necessarily bad some of it's bad but a lot of it's just concerns let's go through a few of the rotation guys give you some thoughts on all those uh, on this dudes ryan Nemhard. uh i he's been awesome I mean, they need to rename the Big East Freshman of the, of the Week Award just the Ryan Nemhard Award. I mean, at this point, this guy's won it. I've lost count like four or five times so far and we're only a couple of months into the season. He's awesome. I mean, he's a perfect fit for how Creighton wants to play. He's a stud. He can push it in transition. He can really break down the defense. He's shooting the ball better than I think uh, a lot, at least I anticipated him to shoot. Um, you know, you always worry about that freshman wall and, and the competition is about to increase for him now. Uh, but man, he's been a stud. He's a perfect fit for how Creighton wants to play. He's awesome. Ryan Kalkbrenner. I mean, damn, has he been good? God damn has he been good. This guy, he he's he's as good of a shot blocker as Creighton's had in my lifetime. Like of being around, I've been around the program, started as a, a red shirt my in 2005 and you know so i mean i've been around the program for a long time now whether as a player a coach or now as as a broadcaster you know i don't think they've had a guy quite like kalkbrenner Patton was long and could alter shots but not quite like kalkbrenner can and and do it without fouling as well i mean he blocked five shots against villanova he had to have altered five or six i mean he's making life tough for people when they get into the lane and That's allowing Creighton's defense to perform at the level it's performing. And then offensively, he's scoring at a high rate, doing a pretty good job, offensive rebound putbacks, posting up, making plays, scoring. I mean, I just, he's been really, really good. Yeah, he needs to continue to get stronger and all those things, but man, I've been impressed with Kalkbrenner. Really impressed. Ryan Hawkins. You know... I remember So I I went, I did a I did a podcast with Bruce Rasmussen when he was retiring as a great athletic director. I went to the basketball offices where Rass's office at the time was, and I sat down and do a podcast with Rass. And as I was walking in, I ran into a couple of the coaches, Steve Murfeld, a couple of those guys. And the first thing Coach Murfeld said to me, didn't not, hey, how's your family? How's this? First thing he said to me was hey you're gonna like Ryan Hawkins he's really good And that struck me I was like hmm okay we file that away and then I remember the first practice I went to I sit down and coach McDermott comes over and sits next to me first thing he does is he points at Ryan Hawkins he goes I'd take that guy on my team for the rest of my career I was like okay so for me I was like wow all right this dude's come in and he's made an impression and boy has he delivered on that impression. You never know how guys are you know that the jump from division 2 to division 1's a big one. Seamless for this guy. And he was a highly highly decorated multiple national championship winning player of the year winning player at the division 2 level and he has come in and been that and then some. And the thing that He's been really good at too. I mean, he's offensively scoring in the post, shooting threes, handling the ball, making decisions, scoring in the post. He plays with such good pace and knows where he wants to get to. But you know, he was a defensive player of the year at the Division two level, and well, he's pretty good on that end of the floor. He he's, but it's all he's just smart. He knows how to get in the right spots. He knows. He's got good hands, when to go for steals, how to be active. He's hes better than I thought he was going to be on that end of the floor, too. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it. And how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. But then the thing that you hear about all the time from Coach McDermott is like he's been heaven sent from a leadership standpoint for all these young guys. He He's that, that leader that can... He can kind of correct guys without being combative, which is a hard thing to to balance as a leader. But I just, I mean, I could go on and on about Ryan Hawkins. He's been awesome. Alex O'Connell has started the season really well. You know, I think he's playing the best basketball of his career because he's getting the first opportunity to play extended minutes in his career from when he was at Duke with Zion and those guys to, to obviously transferring to Creighton. Uh, shooting the ball decent. Uh, he's just—he's the best back cutter on the team. He's awesome back cutter. Him and Nemhard have a great connection on backdoor cuts, lobs. Uh, really good in that regard. He's a good rebounder from the guard position spot. Uh, he's probably the best vertical athlete on the team. Um, Alex O'Connell's been really, really good. Uh, he's tried to take on that defensive stopper role, which is which is good to see. It's hard to it's hard to 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 complain about what you, much you've seen from from Alex O'Connell. I mean, he could he he's got to tighten up his ball handling at times. Uh, but he's been pretty good. Arthur Kaluma, uh, I think he's, what was the stat they had on him? He's the most, he was the highest ranked recruit in Greg McDermott's time at Nebraska or at, uh, Creighton. And you could see the talent there. He's still trying to put it all together. You know, I mean, he's a guy that I think you're going to look up in February and he's going to start to be like, Oh boy, look at this guy. Cause it's still, it's still coming for him. He, he's been a little inconsistent shooting, uh, He's been a little turnover prone in particular. Uh, he's been, he, he's gets called for charges a lot. He just gets a little out of control. Um, but listen, Kaluma's done a good job of rebounding. He's athletic. He, I love the way he attacks the rim. Uh, he, he's just a guy that's just getting his feet wet in college basketball. And I think he'll learn and progress. But I'm, I'm, still, I'm still buying stock on Arthur Kaluma. No doubt about it. Trey Alexander uh, coming off his best game. Yeah, in the in the win against uh, Villanova really really was good uh a guy that I I'd, I'd like to see start to shoot the ball a little better from beyond the arc uh but you, seems to have a great attitude seems to be a team first guy bought in um uh, he, he's he's relatively good at at getting into the lane at times to drive and finish T- Trey's just got to keep on taking steps um but for the most part, he's he's off to the first twelve games of his college career. He's he's been solid. He's made some big plays and some big moments. Uh, but he you know he's got to continue to get better every day. Roddy Andronikashvili. You've seen more from him because of Sharif Mitchell's injury, and you know I, I, doing radio, I've had the chance to interview Roddy a couple of times after games, and man, this guy is just all in on what the coaches are telling him, and he's all in on trying to find other ways other than scoring to impact the game he comes in he he won the siu edwardsville game with his energy and defense off the pitch uh against villanova made a couple of big shots defensively he was really good guarding the ball he's come in and kind of bought into like okay i'm gonna come in i'm gonna move the ball i'm gonna play hard i'm gonna play with some energy and he's been pretty good uh of course he's got to continue to tighten up his ball handling I don't know how good of a three-point shooter he is, but he's just a redshirt freshman coming off a torn ACL. So n- it, p- pretty good start. Keyshawn Fizel has been solid off the bench as a backup big. Uh, he's one of those guys that gives a different look than Kalkbrenner because he's much more athletic. When he's out on the floor, you can hard hedge ball screens with him. You can even trap. You can switch because he's got the lateral quickness to do that. He's a, he's pretty springy as well. He can defend the uh, the rim a little bit. Uh, He's also got a little bit more skill with, with some of his backdoor passing and different things from that top of the key. Can't really complain with what we've seen from Keyshawn Fizel. And we talked a little bit about Sharif Mitchell because he's a guy that needs to just, he's got to get healthy because they need him. They need his secondary ball handling and playmaking and they need his defensive uh, ability as well. Best on ball defender on the team. Those are kind of the main rotation guys. So listen, I mean, It'd be interesting to see what the second half of the season looks like. I I checked a few bracketology reports. Few of them have Creighton in the field after their win over Villanova. Um, We'll see. I I said at the start of the year, I thought if this team could host an NIT game, it'd be a good year for them. I'm not ready to completely move off of that. Uh, Just I think the Big East is pretty good. And I think this team's, you know, I mean, I think it's like I said at the start, they're good enough to beat Villanova by 20. They're also the same team that could lose to SIU Edwardsville at home or, you know, like, and, or against Iowa State and Arizona State look like they have a hard time entering offense because they're so pressured out and can't handle the ball. I mean, they're young. So we'll see. Again, I'm not ready to move off of, like, hey, this team's going to the tournament. I don't know about that. I don't know. But what I do know is is the three Ryans have been really good, and uh, it's it's been entertaining every night to see this team kind of progress and take steps. So we'll see what ends up happening as uh, as now they turn their attention to Big East play and get into the heart of it. Because, again, arguably the best conference in the country, the Big East, it's going to be a grind for them night in and night out. There you go. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Give it a rating. Give it a review. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page as well. Uh, get into the conversation. Uh, you can leave a comment. Uh, certainly always some interesting conversations in the comment sections with that bad boy. Uh, but I appreciate all you guys downloading, supporting the podcast. We'll catch you next time on the Nick Pod. Podcast. A Huda Media Production.